Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Hello there, Wine You Adoxia fans, Alex here. So I've got a couple of things to tell you. Firstly, you might have noticed the upload schedules become slightly different. That's down primarily to me. I'm in the last eight weeks of my PhD, well, the lab bit. So that means I haven't had so much time to work and edit this podcast. Understand that this is going to change in the future. Like, let's say, start of 2019, I will have it all in order. Believe me, I completely sympathize with all of you. As a man in a long-term heterosexual relationship who likes patterns, but doesn't really have his life together, that the idea that things that were meant to happen at certain points in the month and are fixed are now happening on, well, an irregular basis, that concept terrifies me on multiple levels. So expect that to be fixed shortly. Second thing, this podcast has been recorded in a different way. We've done something weird with the sound. What that means is you shouldn't listen to this on like a car stereo or anywhere out loud you need to have this projected directly into your ear holes you need functioning headphones okay in ear not in ear like they need to work on both sides none of this oh my right ear doesn't work correctly i'll get it fixed later no you need a pair of working headphones to enjoy this episode so i'm going to leave you there remember regular schedule will resume enjoy this episode in the way it was intended with headphones so sit back or walk or continue doing the action you were doing before you load this up i'm not sure what you do when you consume our content maybe tell us on twitter and enjoy this episode bye and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you choose to listen to me uh, i know on, on the podcast it's, it's yeah. shit man charlie's actually got it right by never listening to this, i know so he's he, getting me fresh i don't give a shit <laughs> do you know what it is though that's white supremacy right there he's just like why do i need to listen to colored mans when white people know everything anyway didn't they invent science <laughs> Charlie Sloth on the way. Charlie Sloth. <laughs> Charlie Sloth. You know, the very bef- when I used to listen to Charlie Sloth when I was younger, and I never even like saw what he looked like. I genuinely thought he was not white. Yeah, me too. Don't like he even he even Charlie was like, why do people think I'm black? And then, but which is a really interesting question then, right? Like trying to judge people. This is that appropriation thing, and I think Dev was talking about this on Radio One yesterday. You change your voice depending on who you're dealing with. Hello there, Alex. I'm very well. We're going to talk about science today. I mean, we could keep talking like this and say things like, you know, death to the West or whatever we like, and I think people will take it as gospel.
Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet, the only podcast that uses cutting-edge science to answer the questions that you actually have. Things like, why is the sky blue? What's up with trees? And why am I fucking around with your sense of audio perception? That's binaural. I'm your host, Alex Lathbridge. On my left, I have Sahel Patel. Sahel is a wonderful journalist. He makes brilliant videos and... He came late. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, edit oh, that one out. Nice. <laughs> and with me, I have Charlie. Hello. And Nikhil. Hey. So, Charlie, what do you do? I'm studying active control strategies. So, looking at how we can use loudspeakers, shakers, microphones, accelerometers to make sound do what we want. Get rid of it when we don't want it and make it when we do want it. So, Nikhil, what do you do, man? I study the interaction between bubbles underwater and the sound when it hits them. And you can apply this kind of work into sonar to try and find targets better in bubbly waters where those bubbles reflect sound or understand how marine mammals find food or even count carbon dioxide absorbed by oceans when waves crash. Okay, wow. Both things that you guys work on sound amazing. And so it's all under like the field of acoustics, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I'm here, like the ISVR. What, What is that? It's the Institute of Sound and Vibration Research. Okay, I'm not going to make the very easy joke there. Um, you guys have a lot of shit here, don't you? Yeah, man, there's quite a lot here. We yeah. um, we sort of have loads of things to sort of show how, how we understand the maths and physics and the physical implications of sound and vibration around us, including hand-transmitted vibration and the effects on the human, or whole-body vibration. We have a big shaker for that. So when we talked about uh, transmitted vibration, whole body vibration, did you choose that particularly to project on? Because you went a lot, you went like three, four, ten decibels higher there. I'm going to have to like edit you down just a little bit in the mix. Um, <laughs> and you think this is all behind the scenes stuff. Now I'm keeping this shit in oh, because fuck. as anyone knows who listens to this podcast, this podcast, primarily science and tech secondarily me venting that no one else understands microphones or the fact that the podcast is an audio medium so i'm hoping that both of you guys will you know understand very quickly because you guys work on you know sound acoustics everything so one thing we have to get right off off the bat is acoustics like just moving guitars around behind stage right i'm going home (laughs) okay is that a thing you get asked a lot (laughs) all the time yeah like, yeah, it's uh, it's something we spend a lot of time trying to clear up that, I guess, uh, that poor stereotype that acoustical engineering is moving speakers and microphones on a stage when actually there's sort of four pillars to acoustics or at least acoustical engineering, which is what we do here. Uh, first one is understanding the physical and mathematical fundamentals of sound and vibration. How does it affect the human is the second one. The third question we ask is, can we control it? ties in with a bit of what charlie does and the fourth one is can we use that to our benefit so in my case the example might be we understand how bubbles interact with sound can we now use this to deliver drugs in the body or tear apart tumors or find targets more easily in the water using echolocation or sonar so that's sick and you said the sort of idea that moving you know stuff around on stage during gigs is the worst stereotype what is the best stereotype, Charlie? I'm probably not the right person to ask because in my, in my hobby, I do move stuff around on stage during gigs. No, um, you m- misunderstood. What is the best type of stereo? The best type of stereo? Yes. 
cars. Always cars. Ca- car cars stereos. Yeah, that's yeah. true, actually. Yeah, because yeah. you have the best environment. It's quite a acoustically dry or dead environment, so that actually what you hear is exactly as well closer to maybe what the recording And it's a sealed studio box, intended. so you can make it much, much easier, like low frequencies and bass, bass sound to the car than you can in a room. Guys, why does this sound so different to what people are used to hearing? So this is what? This is binaural, right? This is binaural. Yeah. So your brain is used to figuring out where sounds are just from the signals from the two ears. Yeah. What we have in front of us, for people that can't see, as you say, it's an audio medium. Yes, someone understands. Yes! <laughs> we have a head that's got roughly the same size and shape as a human head with ears mounted on the sides. Okay. And whereas we have eardrums, this has microphones. Okay, so... Is it as simple as just putting two microphones and like one point into the left, one point to the right? No. If you do that, you'll get left and right imaging. So you'll hear sounds come from the left and to the right, but nothing front, back, nothing up and down. Um, that's, that's, that's simple stereo, whereas this is binaural. Okay. So will this still work for people who are like me six months ago and have like one headphone working and can't be bothered to buy new ones because that's the life I live? They probably won't even have got this far into the podcast, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't want people like that. All right, if you don't invest in good audio, like, why are you here? Yeah, like Nickel says. Yeah. Deserve to live. It's like Nickel says, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. That's a, It's a good phrase, and this is why I have no money left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair dues, fair dues. So this is a, like, this is a just regular pla- like a plastic head or is it rubber or what is it it's a rubbery plastic but the, the key thing is the ears are the same material and density as human ears yeah so you've got ears there and you so they're made like to mimic human ears exactly okay and so is there anything else interesting going on like inside the head that i can't see like compared to a human head you know that people have brains that i can't see but i know are there there's nothing in this head at all except for some sockets oh wow so it's really just all the outside it's stuff the shape okay and it's at our head height. Is that like on purpose? Yeah. If this was below us, then you'd hear this conversation as if we were stood above you for anyone listening. Oh my God. We could, we, I mean, we could we use this that. in like some useful porn or something like that, like conversations to, in a blowjob or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking for binaural pornography. What I like. Well, that would be cool. Well, they do 360 in VR yeah, porn, VR. so I've heard. So why don't you have an immersive audio track with that VR porn to make it even more immersive, right? So what I like about this podcast is that we have high level, like science and tech, <laughs> with low level crude humor. So, it's like, you know what we should do with the binaural head? You know, this amazing use of, of sound technology that can be used to, you know, break apart tumors, you know, to understand really how sound works on a fundamental level. You know what? Let's uh, use it to make people understand what a rim job sounds like. <laughs> oh, come on. But you'd make so much money, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> you can also do other things like if you had if you took this to Glastonbury and you recorded the audio you could then play this back on BBC and you could tell the person sitting down to listen with headphones and then they could watch it and feel as if they were really there at the at, at the gig you know they'd they'd feel people rustling around them because you get this you know if you don't mind I'm going to rub this ear you get this feeling that things are happening around you it's really immersive so yeah i'm, I'm just thinking of other ways that's all it's spicing up this game you know so you say like you combine this with like 360 video so you'd have 360 audio but 
something like Glastonbury, you wouldn't get the full effect because you wouldn't be off your tits on the speedball. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. could be. Depends what people listen to your podcast yeah. do in their spare time. Do it in the comfort of your own home, right? What I want you to do right now is take about three grams of cocaine and an equal amount of ketamine and, you know, just see what happens. So we've got this dummy head here, which is recording sound as if a human is here listening to it. So when you listen to it, you get that same effect. So you can do cool things like this. got these hearing defenders and in each cup that covers each ear there's a pipe coming out of them and let's say for the left one the pipe is leading into a funnel and for the right one another pipe into that right one is leading to a different funnel so if you make sound in the right funnel it's only going to travel to the right ear and if you make sound in the left funnel it's only going to travel to the left ear and because we've made the pipes between the hearing defender and the funnel long you can run around and switch around those directions so that the pipe that feeds the right ear, you could have someone standing on the left, so it looks like the sound should be coming from your left, but actually, because it's only feeding sound to your right ear, it's going to put sound in your right, making you think, hey, someone's on my right. And this is the basic principle of the dummy head, except with some more electronics, and the fact that the dummy head counts as in, uh, count, accounts for the fact that the shape of your head and the shape of your ear change the way you hear sounds. But really... There's two microphones, left and right ear, and they are only sending sound to your left and your right headphones so that there's no crosstalk between the two. A bit like stay in a stereo system, the left speaker, the sound spreads out. So actually some of the sound from the left speaker will go to your right ear. And the same for the right speaker, some of the sound from that will go to your left ear. Even if the soundtrack is only supposed to show, I don't know, a train crossing on the right, some of that sound will get to your left. And that's why with Charlie's speaker array, it gets rid of that crosstalk. So you get that vivid image of something coming from your left and none of that sound coming on your right. Mm. Um, just like in real life. So what do you think? That shit blows my mind. Mad, isn't it? Come yeah. a bit closer. It's mad. Yeah, yeah it's, it is mad. And this thing looks like some weird sex toy, by the way. There, <laughs> is, there, is, there are like liquid marks on the funnels but <laughs> it's just kids spit i'm i probably shouldn't say this kids <laughs> listen i i i would be surprised if you gave this to kids and they didn't fuck with it in some way <laughs> uh, this, this looks right for entertainment um but no i see the science in it the fact that this headset is the same as this you know fancy bit of kit you got here you know i hope it really helps conceptualize how it works absolutely yeah. absolutely it's really important to know that we need two ears to hear because mm. we use that to localize sound. We, you know, the left ear, we have these, we have these cues, interaural time delay. So your brain goes, hey, that sound arrived at my left ear a millisecond before my right ear. You know, that means it must have come from the left hand side somewhere. Mm. It also uses interaural level delays. So it goes, hey, it was a bit louder on my right ear than my left. Therefore, it must be coming from my right hand side. But. There are also all sorts of other things like it knows how sound diffracts and bends around the back of your ear. So mm. it knows, oh, it sounded a bit different in that 
particular way, which means it's coming from behind me. It knows what you learn as you grow up. You mm. learn to know that sound when it comes from behind. Mm. It it changes the shape of your ear changes how that sounds um, from when it comes from in front of you. And you know this. Yeah, if, if something's too quiet, you cup your ear, don't you, to make it louder. Yeah. Well, look at the shape of your ear. It's kind of like a small cup as well. Yeah. The shape of your ear is crucial to you hearing all the sounds that we hear around us. Mm. You know, it's it's perfected to speech frequencies and 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 um, and making those louder. The shape. Mm. You know, each structure around us responds mm. to sounds in different ways. In the same way, the ear structure, the outer ear structure, is important to amplify the frequencies that we use every day. Mm. Same for the ear canal as well. Mm. It's one long tube, a bit like uh, the pipes on an organ, and each length of pipe makes a different sound. Well, your ear canal is like a pipe, and it amplifies a particular set of frequencies based on its length and its width. Wow. And so it's all based for speech. It's all optimized That's for that. Sick. I was going to say, you know, with this type of thing and like, cause you know, when you replay the sound, you have your left and right channel, the cup over it. You know, when you're talking about the refraction and how the sound comes into your ear, is it hard to replicate that exactly? Is it can there be like in some areas where it won't be as a mimic real life exactly? Oh, you talk about the dummy head. As in, yeah, so let's say if I'm to take the dummy head audio once I've recorded it and play it back into headphones, yeah. will there be certain still will there be certain situations where I still be able to Well this this dummy head mm. isn't your head. It yeah. doesn't account for the shape of your head, yeah. the size of your head. You might have a slight di- different distance between mm. the ears. Your ears might be a different shape. Yeah. You know? Like some people have longer earlobes, things like that, mm. larger. I mean, mm. I know I can get Sky Sports on my ears, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying they're big. So, Seho, I'd say to you, you got like, an ugly head, not going to lie. <laughs> but Listen, my head, my head is unique. <laughs> what I love about all of this is that it won't sound great if you have like bad headphones so get better headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that is really important you know people spend a lot of time and money reproducing audio correctly people spend a lot of time and money recording that audio correctly and if if a recording artist spends hours and days and months recording something and then you listen to it on like some apple earpods all yeah. that time is wasted. Or yeah. like cheap gummy headphones for two ninety nine. Like You're not going to get the best out of that. Mm. Exactly. So don't come to me leaving one-star reviews on iTunes like, oh, I didn't like that episode. I couldn't <laughs> hear it. It's because you're broke. <laughs> so, so your head has um, a transfer function associated mm. with it. And a transfer function is simply a jargonistic way of saying a black box that describes how the sound that started off gets heard by you at the end it's like it modif it, your, your head shape of your head modifies the sound that was made in the first instance mm-hmm. you know if you talk to me from there two meters away mm-hmm. right the space between us and my shape of my head changes how i hear that sound yeah. it would be different to the way it came out of your mouth right so my head has a transfer function it modulates it changes mm-hmm. the way that sound that you made goes into my ear so everybody has a head related transfer function mm. and um Really, the best thing would be is to record it on this dummy head, but then modify the sound 
for the listener's head-related transfer function. Mm. And then it will really sound like it was you, Sahail, sitting there listening to it. And then, but then, you know, we, we can't go around measuring everyone's head-related transfer <laughs> function, right? The fuck not? I can't. <laughs> I'm about to start right now. <laughs> well, it's a bit like, you know, you get these hear, uh, earplugs, right? And you get molded earplugs, right? So mm. they're specific to your ears. It's just like that, mm. right? They've measured your ear. Mm. They've looked at exactly what fits perfectly mm. to give you the best soundproofing. Mm. In the same way, you can measure someone's head to get the best effect. Okay, so we're doing all of this in a room that is essentially a perfect like studio. Charlie, what is this thing in its entirety? The anechoic chamber? Yeah. So this is a room with no reflections in theory. So any sound which goes in and hits the wall will die and never come back. So if I was to go and stand in the corner, face the wall and talk, you wouldn't be able to hear me. Do it. Even now, if I go and talk over here... You can probably hear me a lot quieter than you could before. Yeah, that is weird. I've literally only moved like what meter and a half, two meters away. It's really muffled. You can barely like you've lost a lot of that sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've lost a lot of clarity. And the only reason you can still hear me is from the floor tiles, mm. which are reflecting sound, mm. from the back of my head, which is sending sound, sending sound outwards. Mm. You've got all these uh, fiberglass spikes, so don't touch them. You'll get really itchy hands and stuff. But they're roughly about a meter long. Um, and that determines how low a sound it will absorb. So if you imagine a sound wave that goes, you know, a hump and then a trough, when it does that one cycle of a hump and a trough, that's the wavelength. And that changes size depending on the frequency, how high pitch or low pitch the sound is. And because these are a meter long, that means the longest wave it will absorb is a wave that's a meter long. And um, that's, that's sort of low, but you could get one you could try and make something thicker to absorb lower sounds and you'll see they're everywhere so it can absorb sound in all directions was it really fun right there sounding like a brown brian cox shit that's quite interesting actually so you go you come in here with your speakers you put a microphone in and you can test how good the speaker is if you do that in a normal room you might measure some really nasty frequency response which part of it could be the speaker part of it could be the room and it's really hard to tell which is which whereas in here the frequency response is flat so any imperfections, you know it because of your speaker. And you can then go and try and fix them or improve it for somehow. What is this big bar in front of us? This is a sound bar. It was also known as a loudspeaker array. It was designed by a team of five of us. And the idea is it'll sit above the windscreen in a car and play different music to the driver and the passenger at the same time. So if you have a long car journey, um, the passenger might want to watch a film in surround sound or something like that, and that can be disruptive for the driver. So with this soundbar, the passenger can watch his film uh, in surround sound, and the driver wouldn't hear it. And the driver could then have collision warnings or parking sensors or sat-nav or whatever they want to hear. So the way it works is we have the four signals coming in, left and right for driver, left and right for passenger, and we can control where they go with a load of filters, which are basically like equalizers for people that know about audio. Um, and we design these filters using MATLAB, um, and it's as simple as changing some numbers to change the size of the car. So you could make it for like a Mini Cooper or some huge 4x4. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the Mini Cooper, you might not be able to have as wide an array because um, it might not fit. So you can trim off some of the speakers and that will have some effect. It won't work quite so well at low frequencies um, because that's all down to the number of speakers you have and how far apart they are. Okay, so that's really cool. And this is currently like 29 speakers. Could you ever like make this much much longer and then have like three different songs because right now you're going all the way left is one song all the way right is another and you have sort of a transition point in the middle 
could you have multiple transition points and like play lots of songs well we've actually got four songs playing at the same time because it's left and right for each person so we could put rather than do two stereo tracks we could play four mono tracks and then if you're sitting in the passenger seat you'll hear pepper pig in one ear and radio one extra in the other ear so, so we've, we've already got four beams of sound we can spread out where those beams go if you want to so we could have it wouldn't work so well in a car but in a living room say you could put it beneath your tv and point these four beams of sound at four different points on a sofa you could watch a film in french while your pen friend watches it in german while uh, someone who's got to hard of sight watches it with audio description while the elderly gran has it 10 times louder so i'm going to go all the way from the left and then to all the way to the right okay okay this is going to work yeah all right, then you're going to hear two different things. All right, let's do this. It's witchcraft. Let's go back the other way. I'm just going to go randomly back and forth. People often ask what makes Chaotic Adequate different from the other live play RPG podcasts available on the fabulous internet. Well, other podcasts are heartbreakingly without actual scholar of horror, Amanda DeJoy. We're not prisoners, we're your You're new- our prisoners. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to speak to the top priest. I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> they sorely lack comedian and actor Angus Dunnikin. She's uh, me, by the way. I say to this dragon, hello, are you the homeowner? <laughs> The dragon looks almost offended that you would imply that he was renting. And uh, other podcasts are tragically bereft of the scientist, comedian, and semi-professional troll, Steve Cross. Oh, I love Chagrin you- Battlefounder, come to rescue you. Do you want to roll for potential seduction? Crucially, though, most D&D podcasts have a writer, creator, and dungeon master who's actually played the game before. We, conversely, have Gregory Aikman. There's about 18 different possible quest lines you're going to take and, <laughs> and, and you invented a new one. New episodes each week, new characters to meet, slash accidentally murder, and always new things to get a bit wrong. Join us in the world of chaotic adequate. It's, it's very silly. How was your week? I've been in Belgium all week on a conference. Yeah, it was good. good for me. Yeah, what did yeah. you get up to? Lots of beer. Yeah, what about you, Nickel? Um, shit, I forgot, man. <laughs> well, I'm trying to do a million things at once at the moment, so I am trying to finish my thesis. Um, I have three weeks left, and we're house hunting, and I'm trying to plan a wedding to combine an Indian and a non-Indian. Yeah, bro. You, uh, this is the, hard times, man. In the last couple of weeks, you got engaged, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Full-on adult now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I haven't even got a career. I don't even have a PhD. <laughs> that bloody sticker of yours sits on my desk taunting me like, why aren't you a doctor yet? Yeah. Are you dumb, blood? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry so, about yeah. that. Just get yourself a nice pair of trackies for the wedding. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just like a simple coffee or something. 
Oh, uh, we, I don't know if everyone knows what a cuffney uh, is. No, no, man dress. Man dress. You know, you know when they see, you know the um, squat jokes from Four Lions, <laughs> yeah. and he's wearing like that white yeah, yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. That's a cuffney, but that's like baseline. That's like you would wear that to be humble. Whereas then you get onto like Shivani, which has got like diamonds and shit all over it. Like, look at me, I'm a boss. Damn. Yeah, it's full on, full on serious thing, and I fucking hate it. I wish I didn't have a PhD to do anything. I'd rather just sit at home and watch YouTube videos <laughs> and you're... listen to Why Not a Duck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? <laughs> so, Sahel, someone mm. broke into your house recently, right? They tried to break into my house. Yeah. Lucky I was there. Yeah, what happened? you know I'm a manly man. Yeah, yeah. I scared the shit out of them, yeah. obviously. No, so I was working late to... I was working late at night. Just a glimpse into my life. I was working to two in the morning. I was just doing some video editing and then someone comes in the front door think it's my brother don't think anything of it but five minutes later I hear another knock on the door and then I was like wait a second like someone was trying to do this before break to my house and I walk I run to the front room and like being like you know a red-blooded male I was like oi and then like ran to the front <laughs> ran to the front room and I just saw the door slam and two people run out and then I ran to the front ran out the door and I see them like speed off in a car. The shit was out of a movie, man. Like this guy just jumps in, and he's like, bridge, and then, and then uh, I was proper confused. And then we watched the videos after. I see where I get him. And basically, one guy coming. What, what for the Instagram? For the, for the ground. You have security cameras in our house. No, what, right? what I like about that is like. Oh. Other science podcasts are like, oh, look, there's this really nice video of this amazing molecule. Oh, look, we've seen this expert in zoology. <laughs> look, I saw this bad man break into my house. And then you got to say, with that one sock on and his underwear half done, chasing like, wait, get out of my house. Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll get you that video of, of someone breaking into my house with the crackhead energy. <laughs> Proper crackers break into my house. And then the funniest part is, I watched the video afterwards, and then the guy, first guy comes in, uh, gets scared, runs away, almost fall, fall up, almost falls over while running away, which is fucking hilarious. He comes back with his mate about three minutes later. This is the second time they tried to break in. And uh, they both come in. That's when I run out. They run away. They both almost fall over. <laughs> Some Benny Hill shit, right? It's so funny, bro. I was like, damn, man, that's funny as fuck. <laughs> I wasn't even mad. <laughs> is this not a sign that you should move? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I stand your ground. I stand my ground. <laughs> so, guys, where are we right now? We are currently in the audio lab in the uh, ISVR. And um, it's a bit like the anechoic chamber in that the walls are really soft. They don't have the spikes like we saw in the chamber. But behind there, there's a lot of treatment. So the effects of the room do not change the sound that you want to create in here. You know, this is, again, a nice place to record audio because you don't want the effects of the room to alter that. You know, back in the day when Beatles were recording music, when you didn't have this electronic editing, they would go to places like castles so that they could have reverberance or reverberation, rather, in their audio um, because they couldn't do it on a computer. So there they would want the effect of the room to to um, change how they uh, listen to the sound. Whereas in here, we don't want that because we're creating our own sound field with different effects. That's really interesting because you make music, right? Mm. Uh, do you guys dabble music? No, no, no. What you've learned is that acoustics mm. isn't about music, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Fuck off, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> this is... For real. This is way more than that. <laughs> but, the, but the interesting point I was making is that... Um, 
you know when you make music you you want to you you're right because electronically you want to get the dry sound yeah and then you want to change add your effects to it so actually the way you describe that recording the sound in the place where you want that effect is actually quite interesting uh, idea actually because because the way that our workflows is for making music is we get the dry sound and add yeah. that reverb in afterwards yeah, mm. yeah i mean yeah. if you go to places like abbey road or goldhawk studios i thought you were about to say abu dhabi <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that route i was like why <laughs> i mean they probably have loads of these in abu dhabi as well because the amount of crap that they have anyway but place like abbey road and goldhawk studios they'll have these pillars in their studios which rotate Mm. And one side will be treated, one will be super reflective. And there, they turn those pillars to change the effect of the room. Oh, shit, really? So actually, if they want some reverberation, they can add it into it. Or they turn the columns to be to the soft side so they can have some absorption. Um, or if you go to some theatres and stuff, I know when I was working for a company in architectural acoustics, they wanted to get rid of some reflections from the windows up at the top. So we advised, you know, have some velvet carpets... Um, curtains going around that you can pull away if you want that reflection mm. but if you don't want it put the curtains in there to add the absorption to the room right, charlie i've just met you today but i feel like i've known you for a lifetime i feel like i want to replace oz and hannah with you I'm, I'm down for that. There we go. Um, <laughs> because both of them aren't here. Hannah is ill and Oz is, you know, fucked off to America. Poor excuse. Yeah. It's a flight. Fly back. Yeah, just fly back for every recording. A few hours. Exactly. That's what I said. So, um, Oz, if you're listening, Hannah, if you're listening, get your P45s, is <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, so, Charlie, you have something loaded up for us like a special thing for this room what is it yeah so nick's talked about the room and how how dead it is in here but what you guys can't see because it's an audio medium is that there are speakers all over the place there's about 60 of them all around this room they're up on the ceiling they're on the floor they're on all the walls and the idea is in in this room we can recreate whatever sound field we want so what i really like is that you shorten nick hill's name to nick a more eurocentric name yeah it makes him sound more white Good, good. Which is appropriate, right? Yeah, yeah. I could probably get onto more flights and get better, have a better prospect yeah. in job applications, mm-hmm. which is why I changed it to Nick. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna change it back to Nickostani. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. No, it no was I'm gonna make it even more Asian. Nicola Menajad. Yeah, something like that. We'll add some phlegmy sounds in there. <laughs> Nikhil. <laughs> so, Charlie, what do you have geared up for this room so we can get off this fucking tangent? <laughs> We've got a psychoacoustic demo. Okay, so what is psychoacoustics? It's looking at how the brain processes the sound. So the binaural stuff we've looked at previously, that was all psychoacoustics. And this is, again, looking at how we can trick the brain into thinking that there are different sounds happening when there might not be. Okay, cool. So we are in, like, I don't know how big this room is, like four by four? Sure. It's a bit smaller, maybe three by two and a half. Okay. It's a normal-sized room. Okay, it's a... <laughs> this, this is London for mansion. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know what you've seen in a normal-sized room. All right, this is at least a £1,000 a week. Uh, <laughs> zone four. Um, so we can use this room to, like really understand how sound works yeah so it's a really dead room as Nikhil was saying there's not much, not much acoustics not much um, reverberation from the walls and there are speakers all over the place on the ceiling on the floor on all the walls 
we can use these to create a sound field, which okay. we can then use to to investigate other other aspects. So is that why you've got like uh, was it like noise? What are those called? Those are scattering, so they're trying to minimise reflections from the ceiling. Okay, so like acoustic shielding and that, like the stuff you can get on Amazon for like a tenner. Yeah, that's basically what it is. A little, like acoustic foam and stuff. It's quite interesting because you, you, like, tact, you tactily, pl- tactfully place them, haven't you? you I wouldn't go that far. Like no. someone falling off. Oh, did you? Was the whole ceiling <laughs> covered and then... No, yeah. okay. Okay, <clears> so... <throat> all right, so Charlie, show us what we can do in here. Sure. So first of all, I'm going to play you one recording of Rain. Um, it's a single. So we stuck a mic outside, recorded it in mono for like 30 seconds. I'm going to play it on loop through all 60 speakers at the exact same time. Can you start it on the one that's not delayed? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Sounds like rain, innit? Yeah. yeah. But you hear a bit of like. It's, it's not really convincing. Like, if you shut your eyes, you think you're listening to a recording of rain. You don't okay. think you're out in a rainstorm. Everyone shut your eyes right now. Hopefully, you're, you know on a bus or a train uh, and you aren't listening to it in the car hopefully it's not raining <laughs> otherwise this would be completely pointless <laughs> okay okay so what we've got here so what we heard there was the same sound for all 60 speakers at the same time and your brain's not used to that if, you, if you're still outside in a rainstorm you don't hear 60 sounds that are identical from all over the place you hear 60 different sounds um, so your brain's trying to figure out oh, what's going on with all of this all of the sound, which is why it doesn't sound completely convincing. Instead, what we can do is delay that delay the sound for all the speakers. So we still only have that one recording, but we can delay it by a few milliseconds for each speaker. Okay, so why is that important? Because the brain no longer hears one sound from everywhere; it hears sixty different sounds. So that that's, that few seconds is enough for the brain to to decorrelate the sound from hearing one signal to hearing sixty different signals. Okay, that's cool. Let's do it. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. that is different, yeah. It's straight away. I was like, if we jump between the two, you'll hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's way flatter almost. It feels flatter. That's really yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this feels like you're out in a rainstorm. Yeah. Whereas the other one sounds like you're listening to a recording of some rain. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. really really it's cool, good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah. relaxing. Yeah. Do you ever come in here just to like chill out? That's come right my thesis, isn't it? Just with yeah. the rainstorm going on. <laughs> like this is so. Could you put like what is it rainy mood that website you know where it has like the rain and then fire and all that stuff like what is the limit you can do with this how do you put in different sounds so the, the whole point of this demo is looking at how uh, the film companies or the bbc or whoever if they're streaming audio we don't need say you're in a cinema with 22.2 channels which is sort of the standards around sound setup you don't need 22 channels of rain to make it sound convincing you need one channel of rain and then we can process it at the cinema to put those delays in Mm. So rather than hearing, you know, rather than bothering to send out 22 channels, you send out one and we can process it. Mm. And that'll work for any noise that's like noise. It wouldn't work for speech, but babble, so like background noise of people talking where you can't really understand any individual elements, mm. it'll work really well for that as well. Mm. You get one babble channel and you delay it at, at, at the receiver rather than at, at the studio and then you'll feel like you're in a room full of people. Dope. Yeah. So this room is good because it's acoustically dry or dead. So actually, you can impose your own acoustic atmosphere into here, right? It's a bit like having a white canvas and painting any colour on, right? Yeah. So if you have a black canvas, you can't really paint 
with, except with like whites and gold and silver mm. and stuff like that. In here, this is like the white canvas, so you can put your own sounds into it exactly as you want without the room changing it. So all these speakers, you could do something. So when I worked for the an acoustic consultancy, I would design an office on mm. um like they wanted an open office plan but they wanted to know if the sound would disturb people working in it mm. so i went on to some 3d modeling software i drew up the office and i assigned properties to all the surfaces you know whether it's soft reflective glass people sitting there things like that mm. and then what you can do is put that model into a room like this into the software that yeah. plays music in here yeah right and I would put things like a coffee machine running or a printer printing or mm. people talking in the corner. And you would come into this room where it has all these speakers and you would sit down and then you could listen to that environment of the office as if you were there because mm. you've imposed it from that model, right? In the same way, you could have a model in here. You could, you could apply a model to the computer, let's say Royal Albert Hall, and we've got five microphones in this room. One is in front of you, one's behind, one left and right, and one above. Um, <clears throat> and what that does is those microphones will record your sound, mm. feed it into the software, mm. combine it with the model of the Royal Albert Hall, and play it back out in the speakers in, in real time. That's amazing. So now you've made this room respond like Royal Albert Hall because yeah. the computer's added the response for you. It's a good way to test and to, exactly. to kind of finesse things yeah. before you so, take it to the real way. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I've done it quite a lot with, as Nikhil mm. said, for sort of architectural acoustics. Mm. If you're working on, I did a lot of work on stadium design of sort of big arenas and football stadiums and stuff. An architect will have a habit of spending a few million on making it look nice and a few million on make, keeping it structurally sound. Mm. But they don't like spending money on acoustics, which you can't see the difference. It's, well, not, it's a pragmatic thing. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Well, in here, you can go, look, this is how your stadium currently sounds, according mm. to our model. Mm. Sounds pretty rubbish. Mm. If you spend a million on this list of things, mm. it sounds like this, and suddenly you can understand the difference. So what kind of things would you suggest, let's say, if I, if I had a studio, or a, if I set up, if I was performing in a big stadium and, and whatever, right, and what, what kind of things would you suggest to a company like that if they wanted to improve their acoustics? So a stadium's an interesting one because actually you don't want to deaden it completely. Mm. We did a lot of work on, again, psychoacoustics of how people want want to hear stuff in stadiums. And actually, if, if you know, the, the balls go... I'm not a sports person. If the balls go... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the right way, and everyone's cheering. <laughs> you you want to hear it? You want to feel like everyone's everyone's happy? You know, to, you want to hear. The whole energy of the whole crowd get more. It's part of the environment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you feel, if you deaden it and you do something like that in the anarchic chamber, you'll feel isolated, like you're watching a game on your own and not with these hundreds of thousands of other people. You want that base and that reverberation exactly. through the stadium. Yeah. So yeah. it's about having it dead enough so that you can understand. You can understand mm. the announcements, you can hear safety warnings and evacuation stuff, mm. but not so dead that you lose that, that, yeah. uh, that empathy with everyone else. That's really interesting because... Because you can't, you're right. The very nature of sound is you don't, you don't generally see it, yeah. and that's why it becomes an afterthought. But even when I'm making a video, for example, uh, editing a video is the sound is so important to giving, to taking you there. Yeah, um, exactly. it's almost as important as the pictures, and you know that's why we sometimes forget that, don't we? Well, that's the thing. It's been a lot of work recently in in 3D video, in HDR video, yeah. in 4K video. Video has pushed forwards huge in the last few years. Mm. And audio is still catching up, I think, which is yeah. partly down to investment by companies and, and film film producers who want to keep with their current workflow and they don't want to start doing stuff in binaural yeah. or ambisonics or all these other really immersive mm. audio formats. Mm. It's getting there, but slower than videos. This is exactly what I was talking about, the Glastonbury thing, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. You feel like you're right there. This is, this is like some Inception shit, right? It's a recreation of the real event being distributed on the speaker <laughs> through the dummy head, and then the dummy head's coming to you. It's like 10 levels <laughs> removed, but... I hear one coming. Stay still.
know where the sound is coming from because you can tell by which ear it comes to first and where Wait, it's loudest. So that's, that's direct. Field. That's direct. Yeah. Diffuse or reverberant field is further away and it feels like the sound's coming from all around you. You can't tell where it's coming from. So we were doing some stuff there in the anechoic chamber. You can really get a good sense of that direct field. Where Charlie's on one side, you know exactly where he's speaking from because there are no reflections elsewhere in the room coming to your other ear if he's on one side of you. We're going to go into the reverberation chamber where you create a diffuse field where the sound is bouncing everywhere. You don't know where it's coming from and it gets louder and louder and louder. Okay, so that anechoic chamber we were just in, no reverberation. Where we're standing right now in the hallway, like a little bit of reverberation. Yeah. Normal. Yeah, Normal. this is what your brain is used to. This is what you grew up getting used to, which is why the anechoic seems so weird because you don't get those natural reflect, natural in inverted commas kind of coming around you. Now we're going to boost that, turn it to 11 and see how weird that feels. You see what we do? We give you a spectrum, an artistic spectrum. <laughs> okay. Okay, so why does this chamber have like... It looks like the Kanye West Yeezus <laughs> tour, but like done really half-heartedly. It's got like loads of panels that like a oh, Tate Modern installation or something, right? Yeah, it looks kind of like I feel as though I should be paying a lot of money for a thing that I don't understand. Um, so there, there. You'll have when we get into this room, you'll realize that no walls around you are parallel to each other. And what this means is you don't, when, a, when sound hits one wall, it's going to bounce off in another direction, which means it won't necessarily interact or interfere with the sound that the original path of sound it came from. What this means is sound is constantly bouncing off in different directions, going everywhere, creating that diffuse field. So you can't tell where sound is coming from. Now, the ceiling, to enhance that effect, they've put these boards here to have different angles for sound to bounce off. Reason being that in the room, the floor and the ceiling are parallel to each other. So to get rid of that sound coming back, bouncing back the way it came from, they put those boards there to keep the sound bouncing off everywhere. Imagine throwing a, a little bouncy ball. You want that ball to go in every position around the room. You can enhance that by having these boards here everywhere to keep bouncing off. Okay, that was dope. Um, Charlie, can we actually go into the room now? Feel free. And now I'm walking in and it's really, holy shit, is this what my voice sounds like? Wow. Okay, so this is super reverby. We we're going to try and do like an interview in here, but we couldn't. So what Charlie's going to do is he's, he's some reason he's found a plastic cone. He's just going to throw it. So that was terrifying. I genuinely thought I was going to die. Um, okay, why do you have this? Uh, I think it's better if we go out of here to explain that. So yeah, why, why do you have this torture room? <laughs> so if you're looking at understanding how loud something is, um, we have a measurement called the sound power level. And what you would do is bring it into this room so that the sound from whatever you're measuring spreads evenly across the room. So unlike the anechoic chamber, if sound is made in one direction, it hits a wall, it gets absorbed. In here, it gets bounced around. The sound spreads evenly. It's a bit like if you imagine, I don't know, a hemispherical shell 
around your object that's making sound and that shell just gets bigger evenly in all directions. That's kind of how the sound you might imagine is spreading from it. And then because you're taking multiple measurements, because that's what regulations stipulate, a bit like fair testing in, in school, you take multiple measurements. You don't want to be in a room where there's a quiet spot in a room or a loud spot in the room. In this place, the sound is spreading evenly. So there is no quiet or loud spots. So you know that you can put the microphones wherever you want and you're going to get an accurate representation of the sound that's coming out from that object. In the same way, because sound is spreading around everywhere, it accumulates. And sound is just a fluctuation in pressure. If you think of that sound wave, that hump and then the trough, that's showing positive pressure and negative pressure. And if you can create high pressure levels, loud sounds, you can do things like test the durability of a structure. You can do some destructive testing of objects in here. Um, I'm, I can't remember. I think it was many years ago, NASA brought a satellite into here and they just played really loud sounds and they were getting up to something like, I think, 180 decibels, which is very, very loud. Now, the way to show you how loud 180 decibels is, um, if you stand, what is it, three meters, Charlie, from a jet engine, it's yeah. 100 decibels or it's something, about that, something yeah. a bit more. And if you add 10 decibels, Every time you add 10 decibels, that's a perceived doubling in loudness. So now imagine 80 extra decibels on top of 100, right? What are we going? Two, four, eight. I'm too tired. It's a Sunday. I'm not going to do it. But it's, it's much, much, much more loud than a jet engine. And you can, you can create a lot of destruction with that kind of pressure in the same way that we can do some other stuff in medicine as well, tearing apart tumors, stuff like that. That's fucking sick. Okay, so acoustics is like really, really, really wide. Like as a topic, it's a yep. hugely varied field. How can we use it like inside the body? Oh, there are a load of different ways that we can use sound to uh, we can use sound in medicine so some of the stuff that i do concerning bubbles and sound um there's a lot of work going on in that field um in the biomedical field related to bubble acoustics and one of the cool things is um that you can deliver drugs in the body using bubbles and people ask the question well aren't bubbles in the body bad because of the bends but that's with really big unstable bubbles that are allowed to get larger by themselves and things like that and tear apart tissue so what are the bends? The bends, they're an issue that divers have where they rise up too quickly from a great depth. And in water, as you go deeper, the pressure, the atmospheric pressure changes. So if you go from high pressure, deep at water, and you rise too quickly, you suddenly go to a low pressure environment really fast. Now, if you imagine uh, two pieces of toilet paper and the perforations in between, I don't like to think about perforations in my toilet paper. <laughs> Imagine the little dots where you tear it, you know, between each, I, each I like leaf. to think that my toilet paper is completely solid. That just makes me feel more comfortable using the toilet paper. I have to carry it, sometimes not. <laughs> anyway, you pull these two pieces apart. The, the first bits to break are those perforations, so when you're tearing two sheets apart from each other. Well, in the same way... Um, if you go down in pressure, so if you're rising, if you're rising from a deep depth where there's high pressure, going to shallow water where it's low pressure, 
you're putting your body under tension or expansion. And that's like pulling that tissue paper apart. So any um, air gaps there are or any dissolved gas there is in your body, when you put your body under that tension, it pulls it apart. So those air gaps get bigger, a bit like the perforations in the toilet paper. And so that's what's happening in those bends. You rise quickly, those those gas voids suddenly emerge and get bigger and they they're so they this happens so quickly they start they can they can have the power to sort of rupture tissue or tear apart organs in fact we see this issue with things uh, animals like dolphins where ships and things are disturbing the animals the animals get scared and so in the example of these dolphins they dive to deep depths come back up later and they're doing this all in a quick period and so actually you get these dead dolphins that wash up ashore with like torn apart organs and stuff like that mm. so but Back to the original. I mean, at that point, I, I was looking at Sahel and I was like, oh, God, the dolphins come back and like, fuck the ships up. <laughs> yeah, lasers on their fucking blow on that ship. Like in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, ah. You know that's my fear, right? <laughs> well, actually, we, um, so I do some work in defence and some of it is to do with the fact that bubbles reflect sound. So if you're looking for objects in the water and poof, a wave crashes and you get bubbles, suddenly you've got this other stuff that reflects sound. And there was a time where like the military would use trained dolphins to go and find mines because there's so there are so many bubbles in shallow water where waves crash. They can't find the mines accurately because the bubbles are there as well as false targets. The dolphins are really clever, their processing is really good, so they sent dolphins out to find out if the water was safe. Um so some of the stuff I do is looking at understanding how the bubble reacts to sound and how can we use that knowledge to reduce the false target detection rate so that we can just use an automated system to go out, find these objects without succumbing to the clutter from bubbles. How can we suppress that clutter, which is some of the work that I've been doing in my PhD. Um, so with the stuff you do with defence, is there anything like really, really, really cool that they've done with acoustics? <laughs> Um. Hi guys, me again. Yep, this entire section needs to be beeped out because national security. And you're probably wondering, Alex, why didn't you just edit the entire conversation away? Well, the reason is Nikhil told me this like 25 minutes before this was going live. So I thought, um, not changing the narrative. Maybe in future I'll remaster it so it doesn't have this bit. But right now you get this awkward me finding sort of a way to buy time until... And then the Russians wanted to try it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but how? Because there were so many of them. And they're so big. <laughs> and like, so how would you even... like? How could you get that from a pound shop? That's confusing but like, and interesting. But like, Charlie, <laughs> did you expect that to be like a massive part of like geopolitics and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused right now. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Where am I? So like, Nickel, how did you get... I mean, how did you... You had to be an expert in like bubble wrap technology for that. That's insane. Yeah. You uh, like, you know, you, you go down a lot of avenues in this field of academia. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fantastic, though. That, like, I've become this multi-edged sword. Back to uh, medicine. What what do you think is sort of cutting edge in the sort of field of acoustics meets biology, sort of medicine, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so there, there are quite a few things. So the thing I was talking about before, delivering drugs in the body, 
you know you have these bubbles that you that are stable because you're controlling the sound field you're controlling the pressure field around them so they're stable they are also covered in a lipid phase a bit of fat right to keep stop them from popping and things like that they put drugs inside those bubbles and and magnetic nanoparticles and then you can use things like mri or a large magnet to guide them around the body and then when they get to where you want you can send uh, an intense pulse of ultrasound and that pushes those bubbles against whatever vasculature whatever wall you want it to go to and then cause the bubbles to pop so imagine if you got these bubbles to go near an aggressive tumour that consumes anything in its path. Then you can fill those bubbles with an anti-cancer drug. You now then send that pulse of ultrasound, the tumour consumes all of that, and now you've targeted the delivery of that drug to that tumour instead of going around the whole body, right? Yeah. In the same way, there's some really cool stuff where they're using bubbles to open up a small gap in the blood-brain barrier. It's a bit like someone just pushing open a hole in a hedge Okay, I'll have you know, um, again, because the podcast and audio medium, right now Nickel's making a sort of, like, someone... I like to think of, like... Spreading butt cheese. Butt cheese, yeah. Like that sort of... Breakfast is ready, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I set the bar real low. Okay, anyway, 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 so... That's what I was excited. So you can make an incision there. Well, well, the bubbles, the bubbles get up, so you inject these bubbles and you monitor where they go, and when they're near that... You know, when they've circulated around the body and got to near that blood-brain barrier, my understanding is that you can then focus ultrasound into that direction at that resonance frequency of the bubble, the one that it likes to vibrate at, and then the bubble starts to wiggle and shimmer and dance, and that's enough to make a small gap in that blood-brain barrier for then the drug to get transmitted through that gap. So now you can start to think about delivering drugs to maybe tumours in the brain, which has always been a bit of a problem. Um, what other type of drugs can we deliver? You know, good, good. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so before this conversation veers <laughs> into other areas that we probably shouldn't like make public, Charlie, you know some very interesting stuff about the sort of field of acoustics meets like biomedical stuff. Yeah, so we've got a big department here, the um, Human Factors Research Unit, who look at how sort of sound and vibration affects humans and how we can use it for, for good or how we can get rid of sound we don't like. So, you say for good or evil. <laughs> like just breaking apart yeah. buildings. Just shake people to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a big um, a big shaker, basically. A big vibrator. It's like... <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, humans love it. It's See, like a, it's okay, an... I feel like I have to be Hannah here and go, guys, stop. <laughs> really, stop. It's too much. It's a vibrating platform. It's called really. a six-axis vibrator. What can I say? <laughs> that's, that's a really mean thing to call Nikhil. <laughs> <laughs> Man of the hour. <laughs> full hour. Anyway. Full hour. <laughs> so, so this six-axis shaker, let's call it. It can move up and down, front to back, left, right, and then it can rotate around the uh, roll pitch and yule axis. And the idea is that we can simulate any vibration on this. So we do a lot of work designing seats for planes or for cars or whatever that should be more comfortable and people can go on longer journeys without getting sort of back pains. Um, and if we want to test them, the, the thing with humans is they don't match up with the numbers. If you measure the vibration with accelerometers and you, you say it's got lower, humans might not actually like that because of some, some shit we don't know. So instead, we can put people in, in the cars on these seats and see if they prefer it. But that's quite unrepeatable. You can go on a, on a drive on on the roads and you might hit traffic one day and you can't compare the, the old seat with the new seat. 
So instead, we'll measure the vibration and we'll play it back on the six-axis shaker with people sat on it, and they can sit there and they'll feel as if they were going on this car journey. Sometimes with VR headsets, so it looks like they're on a car journey too. And we can see if they prefer the old seat or the new seat. We can try out different things. We can. We did some experiments a few years ago looking at motion sickness. Mm. So going, pe- taking people on a really, really bumpy car journey to try and figure out what, what causes motion sickness. Um, you know, put um, EEGs, ECGs on, on people to look, at, to look at their body response. Wait, EEGs and ECGs, what are those uh, things? Electro, uh, I can't remember. What, Electroencephalograph, yeah. which is for your brain. Echocardiogram. Okay. Yeah, and an echocardiograph, which is for your heart. So they measure the electrical activity mm. to essentially quantify... Uh, just responses. Oh wait, e- uh, that's the because I have epilepsy, and is that the sticky thing I put on my head? Yes, yeah, exactly. And then oh. they might even look at like EOG as well, which is electrooculograph. EMG. So look at your eye motion, EMG. Yeah, electromyograph. Oh, no, they don't do it with me because they know I have a lazy eye. <laughs> okay. They're like, oh, this prick. <laughs> we get nothing out of this. Yeah, yeah. Or like half is good. Yeah, half is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. Well, bad. actually, we do a lot of stuff with that, don't we? Yeah. It, oh my god, can you fix my lazy eye? <laughs> no, 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 not can with you eyes. Vibrate <laughs> it back <laughs> into place. Let's <laughs> get one of those, please. You know, when you, there was a deal pot noodles used to have where it was like a fork that spins to pick up the noodles, but just do that with your eye oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shake it into place <laughs> actually that was really cool they had a vibrating fork for patients with Parkinson's yeah. so yeah. then the hand would move one way and the fork would counter it yeah. so then it would become stable so is that an acoustic thing is that like vibration yeah that's exactly the same concept as my array the mm-hmm. two sounds cancelling out wow this is exactly the same thing with vibration that's yeah. really cool so mm-hmm. that's how sort of vibration acoustic all that kind of stuff can be used in like sort of ways that we don't think not just yeah. like you know, making concerts or making architecture, yeah. you know, making yeah. things sound better. It's got a real human... All the math is identical between the sound stuff we've looked at, where you can hear it, and the vibration stuff. It's exactly the same. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, because we... I mean, this happens in a lot of forms of engineering, but we do a lot of signal processing, and that signal processing can be used anywhere because it's just manipulating and understanding streams of data. And uh, so we have a lot of... St- a lot of people who are looking at things like stroke therapy using signal processing the un, you know understanding electroencephalographs electrocardiographs electromyographs so that's brain heart and muscle signals electrical activity around those to understand how to rehabilitate people which who have suffered from a stroke or um even just demystifying relationships between like blood pressure, blood flow velocity, things like that. So we have a lot of people who go out to hospitals, they measure data, and then they look at how they can process that data better to get more understanding of the patient's condition through that data. Um, Even neural network design. There was one person who used to work in our office who was understanding the mechanism through which a locus leg operates to then, yeah, to then, and she did signal processing on that and neural network filters to learn how it moves and then play that, use that for someone who'd lost mobility in their arm. Um, so then they would have things like electrical or electrodes on their arm that would activate certain muscles at the right time so that they could pick up something. Mm. Or... Wait, so that's, so, wait, you say locusts or locus? Locust. 
Yeah, so like, how does the locust thing work? No idea. It's, there's a po- there's actually a poster. I'm I'm sitting in the desk she used to sit in, but there's a poster. <laughs> but you where... haven't got any of her knowledge. <laughs> no, I can't absorb it. I think she took it with her. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, she, there's a poster actually in our hallway about it. But yeah, there's some crazy far-fetched stuff that we get up to in acoustics because sound, vibration, signal processing, it's it's all around us. You know, it starts from just understanding that sound is just a vibration. It's a vibration of the particles between us in the air or the water or even through a solid medium. And then going, right, where can we apply this? And we, that's why we, we have so many applications and fields of work just in our one department. Yeah, it's crazy. So all of that is why we get annoyed when people say, oh, I just move speakers. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, OK. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is Anna Pajajski here to tell you about my podcast, which, if you're listening to the current nerd content, I think you might enjoy. It's called Real Talk. Yeah, that is a pun on material, by the way. Real Talk is a podcast in which I, a clueless material scientist, chat to people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to materials. For example, I've spoken to an embroiderer about cotton. So I'm very interested in using embroidery to explore what's going down at this sort of quantum level, like entropy and things, and how about the random nature of like atoms and particles. A timber expert about wood. We're trying to understand what makes the properties of wood how they are. So trying to understand what properties are important for different applications, uh, but also how those properties are influenced by the way that the tree grew. And a civil engineer about concrete. Um, full penetration butt world. <laughs> it's, it's a serious thing. Find us at Real Talk. That's apostrophe R I A L Talk. I know, I know. It's a complicated search term, but you'll all feel so smug when you're in on our gaggle of podcast pals who all know exactly how punctuation marks work. Find us wherever you found this. So, seeing as we have two acoustics experts here, we thought we'd get people to ask you questions. Is that, that all right? Experts, yeah. probably. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I wouldn't Embellishment of who we are. <laughs> Compared to the other people in this building, but we're, we know we're, more we're than pretty novice. You. I'm an expert. Alex. Yeah? Not at this stuff. No. And napping. At what? And napping. napping. <laughs> nice. Okay. Ask me anything about napping. Okay, cool. So, this question comes from Kimberly, and she wants to know, what are your favourite funny-sounding words? Moist. So your favourite word is moist. Moist. <laughs> that, I feel like that was the first time he's done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, um, I was monitoring that on the recorder, and I visibly jumped back in disgust. <laughs> oh, so grim. He was uh, way too good at that. <laughs> like way too practiced. Like, that's, that's too what, polished. That's what my PhD's in. <laughs> moist. Moist. <laughs> Oh, Nickel, what about you? Funny sounding words. Yeah. Moist, moist is a good contender. Isn't it? Right. I think something like antelope, but just because. Gotta say it in the other room. Oh, I gotta walk around and sh- Antelope. Say it again. Antelope. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think because it makes your mouth like 
the, your mouth moves quite a bit in the pronunciation of antelope, like, and and your tongue, some good tongue action as well. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of tongue action. Right, so All how, kinds of shit going. So, how out of interest, what's your favourite word? Uh, my favourite word or funny sounding word? Quafizzle. <laughs> <laughs> made it up <laughs> just sat there like shit okay. so this question now comes from Amy she wants to know why does my voice when I hear it from a video recording sound so much more like nasally than how I hear my voice in my head as I'm speaking I'll tell you that one it, yeah um, so <clears throat> your brain uh, your skull and you're, you have three tiny little bones in your ear as well that transmit the sound from your eardrum to the cochlea, which is a spiral sh- spiral-shaped structure in your ear that does the sort of analysing of the sounds you hear. All of these little bits, all the soft tissue around you, all that stuff, um, when you make sound, remember, like, your skull moves, your skull reverberates as you're making that sound because it's the source of the sound. And all the tissue and all the bones and stuff they vibrate in response to that and because they vibrate they transmit vibrations to the little bones in your ears that gets fed back into the system and also your ear has its own response uh, like a reflex it's called a stapedius reflex and to stop you from hearing sounds that are too loud if it has like some impression that it knows a loud sounds about to appear it will kick in that stapedius reflex. For example, when you're crunching on cornflakes and stuff, those three little bones is a ligament. I think it's a ligament or a tendon, I can't remember. It stiffens up. What that means is it stops those tiny little bones from vibrating, which means that when the sound hits the eardrum, it doesn't vibrate those bones, which means it doesn't get transmitted to your cochlea, which means it doesn't damage the hair cells in there, which means it's not going to ruin or damage your hearing. Mm. Of course, if you listen to sustained loud music, you're just sort of overloading the ear no matter what, and that reflex won't work. Sometimes it stiffens up when you slam a door or crunch cornflakes. And that's sort of the kind of stuff that's happening when you're talking. That reflex, the effect of the shape of your head and all the absorption and stuff like that is changing how you hear it. Also because most of the energy is coming out this way. And so what happens is you're hearing your own voice. It's not that you're hearing your voice differently. It's not that it sounds funny on the recorder. It's that you, when you speak, are hearing it differently. You're monitoring your voice differently, which is why it's good to have monitoring headphones to know how it comes out because Mm. you'll perceive it differently to the recording. On top of that, these microphones that you all use, like on cameras or the ones we have in the dummy head, they have frequency responses. What that means is that um, if a microphone has a flat frequency response, it means it's equally as good at picking up low-pitch sounds as it is high-pitch sounds. But things like, you know, one thing that grinds my gears, probably does to you as well, is things like Beats by Dre headphones, yeah. which are focused towards low frequency. They boost the response at low frequencies to make it sound like the music's bassier. What I love is how Charlie's face just went, disgust. <laughs> get, get that shit out of my face. Right. They don't come to my house. Uh, yeah. They don't come to my acoustics department and bring that, that weird shit. Here. So my, my girlfriend uh, came home like the other day, she went into town and she was like, oh, I bought some new headphones. And I was like, A, why did you buy them without me? Like, you know nothing about audio. But then she took up this box and they were beats. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, did you break up with her? I was, it was it was touch a go. Oh, because what I was hoping was that if you did break <laughs> up with her, we could use like this entire podcast. Like people would listen to it and be like, oh, this is really great. And they'd got to like near the end and they'd be like, oh my God, he's single as well? Bam. Yeah, because yeah, engineers are the ones who get all the girls, aren't they? <laughs> if someone wants to know how good their audio can be, like they'll come to you. Like, Google what, me, Charlie House Southampton. There we go. And people, people are like, oh, you know, people like someone that can make them laugh. No. People like someone that can give them audio clarity. It's <laughs> a, a, a key to success. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a PhD in vibrations, that's all I'm saying. Good vibrations. <laughs> We've got a question here from Dan. He asks, if a tree falls in the forest, how many times will this question get asked before people get bored of it? Should we just bun that question straight away? <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this fucking question. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, maybe Sahel can shed some light on this. Basically, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I think people need to stop asking that question. Because, yeah. like, also... I'm tired of trying to think about how I respond to it as well. Mm. So like, shut the fuck up. I've got better shit to do now. Exactly. Okay, so next question comes from Simon. He asks, how loud does sound have to be to burst a person open like a squeezed grape, like with the air pressure and stuff? Um, it would need to be incredibly loud. You, you, We don't realise it, but actually the energy that's incident upon your ear when you listen to people talk, it's tiny, 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 tiny. And even a loud sound, tiny, tiny amounts of energy. At the best, if you had such a loud sound, you might heat up the skin or something like that. For example, uh, we use ultrasound to do things like burn tumours. We can do this now. But that's with like 64 sources of ultrasound focused in on one point going at it for like an hour and it heats it up to like 80 degrees celsius or in fact more than that that's really focused at the same time um if you wanted sound to travel a long way you would use a lower frequency because higher frequencies get absorbed through the air but then lower frequencies aren't as directive so as in they spread out over larger areas whereas a higher frequency you can make a nice tight beam with it so I think it would be very hard to make someone explode like a grape. So I think people should just grow up and ask maybe more realistic questions or something. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, I had read this article about a, a whale made someone's hand go numb. I don't know if that's true. I read it in a daily what, mail. What, from sound? Yeah, apparently the, the, the diver put his hand near the whale... No, I wasn't there, by the way. I can't remember. <laughs> this is Sahel pretending he was part of Blue Planet 3, the remix or something. <laughs> I was there, damn it. With numbing hands. Me and the whale got fucked up together. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Smoking a blunt <laughs> through his blowhole. You, you were just dipping it in a blowhole. It's a seven-meter blunt. Of the seven Fucking <laughs> hell. Imagine that. Yeah, so he put his hand on the whale. and then Yeah, he... the whale probably made a click. And it made his hand go numb for like three hours. I'm not sure the click would have made his hand go numb. Yeah. It was um, in the Daily Mail, though. Well, then it's true, then, isn't it? <laughs> right, then what the fuck are we doing in academia? If the Daily Mail says it, it's true, isn't it? There was a bit of work in collaboration between Bristol and Southampton, and it was it's all to do with levitating using, um, or levitation, rather, using ultrasound. And they so they, there's some stuff on the BBC. They did an article about it with Professor Bruce Drinkwater from Bristol, 
and they were levitating polystyrene beads. And the future implication of this is you could use acoustic tweezers. You could literally just use sound to like hold bits and move things in the body during surgery or whatever you want. You can even create haptic feedback using sound. If you look up a company called Ultra Haptics, you can buy a product from them and they can do things like mimic bubbles popping on your hand just using sound. And this could be the future of things like AR, augmented reality or virtual reality. But anyway, because they asked a question, could you levitate a human? And uh, the answer is no, really. You would need like impossible amounts of energy something to create that sound so in the same way like i think it would be impossible to make a human explode or implode like a crushed grape you can use sound though to like break kidney stones and stuff like that but that's that's a whole different kind of regime we're considering okay cool so one final question really what are the best noise cancelling headphones? Like, do you guys both agree on them? Because to hell, do you have headphones that you use religiously? I have, I have studio headphones. They don't have noise cancelling. Mm. Um, and to be fair, I've looked at noise cancelling headphones and I've, I've never bought one because I'm afraid I'll miss my stop. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like on the train and shit. I did all the time. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I miss myself all the time. I don't need to make it worse, man. Like, <laughs> okay, so uh, like Nikhil, he recommended me some, and I picked them up. But I want to hear like both of you got yeah. you. You'd think that you'd recommend to people at home. So I've got a set of the Bose QC 35s and the Bose QC 25s. And they're both pretty good. One's Bluetooth, one's not. Um, they sound great. I mean, I've been run, almost been run over a few times in them because you can't hear the cars coming. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I like that. These are so good, I almost died. <laughs> but it's worth it. You die in peacefulness. <laughs> what about you, Nico? Um, so I think the bows are really good. I think I recommended you the Bells and Wilkins PX headphones, I think. So I like them because I have I had the P5s when they first came out. They weren't noise cancelling. So so there's something to clarify here. You can have noise isolating, noise cancellating. Cancellating? Cancellating. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Oh, you know all this science and all but this I maths and physics. I speak good England. Oh, and I was about to say, oh, you speak so well. <laughs> but um, noise isolating is just using physical barrier between the sound outside and your ear. So just using thick, well-padded material, that kind of stuff. Noise cancelling is using this electronic circuit to record what's happening outside, play it back in an upside-down wave to cancel out what's coming inside so it clears it up for you, right? So noise... Ca- yeah, Bowles and Wilkins, I stuck with them just because maybe it was just a bit of brand snobbery. Snobbery. We're getting to the end of the day now. We're all getting tired. I oh. need a coffee, yeah? Is English, is, oh, it's okay. English is second language. <laughs> yeah. I speak good English. <laughs> My man's getting out of Kenya. Go full Central Asia. I want to speak good England. Um, <laughs> he gets to make these jokes because English genuinely is his second language. Shut up, man. I was born here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you learned it at the age of 12. <laughs> we had a friend. We had a friend who... Um, who was from like a proper fresh family and when he came to coming what, to school what i like about that is half the people will be like oh i get that i get that adjective the other half will be like oh is fresh he fresco, uh, is he he fresco? <laughs> Wait, so fresh oh he wore nice clothes i'm, I'm down with the kid so yeah so you're saying um, he, he because he would only speak uh gujarati at home growing up it meant that when he actually came to school 
all he could say was his name and he couldn't speak English. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. That's so fucked, right? <laughs> so then he had to like, I mean, the joke's on us because then he went to Trinity College in Cambridge and was like, fucking hell, like this guy is some bad man now, but whatever. Like, <laughs> okay, great. So, um, so back to noise cancelling. Yeah, noise cancelling. Because <laughs> all because I slipped up on the brand snobbery. <laughs> so you have some brand snobbery. Yeah, I guess I have some brand snobbery. Um, so I spent <clears throat> a lot of my weekends during high school working for an audio and home theatre shop. We used to sell a lot of Bells and Wilkins stuff. So I bought the headphones. I really like them. They have a nice. It's not perfectly flat frequency response, but it's better than some of the other headphones like beats and stuff and the noise cancelling effect is good and the design's quite nice as well so that's why i recommended them to you but in the, in the same way the the bose qc35s are are very good they've got a reputation for this you know they've been yeah. doing this since day so i would recommend one of those two sony are very good as well yeah, sony, sony's new one is almost as good as the bose stuff yeah. to be fair to them and I think, but I think you've got to pay a premium for good stuff. I mean, I when I used to work at that shop, I sold a pair of headphones from a company called Stax, and it cost two thousand pounds for that, those headphones. It's a good commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no commission. It's, it was run by Indians. What the hell? Like, <laughs> obviously, it's just like you You should be happy to have a job. We will pay you minimum wage. <laughs> So we've come to the end of the podcast now. This is where people customarily make sad noises. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Always one. Always one. Guys, have you enjoyed yourselves today? Like, Sahel, do you feel as though you've learned something? This has been a very fun episode. Yeah, I've learned, like, so much about sound that I didn't even think about. It's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. And wide-ranging. You've got to equalise it at one end. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You're smart. (laughs) <laughs> I know I just spent a really long time editing this podcast I know the waveform of you yawning anyway <laughs> Nikhil Charlie have you guys enjoyed it absolutely been alright oh thanks man <laughs> it's okay it's, yeah, it's, it's right. okay cool whatever yeah uh, it's, just, it's a weekend for, for engineer that's quite good yeah yeah, yeah you won't get much out of yeah, yeah. so I've been Alex Lathbridge this has been why aren't you a doctor yet I've been joined by Sahel Charlie and Nikhil say bye guys see ya and we'll see you next time bye so you might be thinking oh my god how do I hear more about this podcast that combines science tech popular culture and comedy so effortlessly or you might be thinking oh wow these guys are geniuses and I have questions only they can answer or you might be thinking oh my god these hosts aren't even real doctors and I know more science than them and I want them to know this how do I let them know this as quickly as possible well, what you can do is subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and all other podcasting apps. And I know you hear it everywhere, but a comment on Apple Podcasts really, really helps. You can email us your questions, comments, news stories, or just say hey at whynotadoc at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at whynotadoc if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing or be pedantic. We'll see you next episode.